What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is Friday. That means we got ourselves another episode of Why Are We Bullish? We got a killer fucking panel today. I'm super stoked about this. I just got distracted. There's a... <laughs> I've got my Twitter feed up right now and a, a uh, an account called Bitcoin Fuckboy just posted laser tits. So I got a little bit dumbfounded on the side of my screen here. Anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, again, stoked to have you guys here. Um, as always, this is live. Anything can happen. Quick disclaimer from my good friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. I'm very excited for the uh, the panel today, by the way. We've got like damn near 150 people already in here. Smash that like button. Give this a share. Let's get rolling. As always, I'm Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Bitcoin. All right, before we get going with this panel, let's take a look at where we are in the market. We're sitting at around 58,940 some odd dollars per coin. Uh, a single US dollar will pick you up 1,697 sats. Stack them while you can. 88.85% of all Bitcoin have been mined. And in terms of fees, not bad actually right now. Next block, 59 sats per byte if you're willing to wait an hour around 20 sats per byte will do you uh really quick before i bring in the panel of course shout out to sponsors of the show lend.io you can use your bitcoin for a variety of different things here they've saved my ass on a couple times where i needed dollars but i didn't want to sell my bitcoin because taxable worried about having to buy back and at a higher price i was able to deposit get dollars pay that off get back the same amount of Bitcoin, which for me is the important number. Of course, they got their savings accounts. They got their B2X offering, tons of great stuff. Check them out. Also, Mauricio is a legend from there. So check out my interview for, uh, with him. We talk all about coming from Venezuela and all that stuff. Uh, again, super awesome guy. Uh, up next, Kobo, uh, one of my very favorite hardware wallets, actually. I love this thing, air-gapped, um, Bitcoin-only firmware. You got to upgrade to that. Uh, secure element. I've been using it a lot with multi-sig alongside my cold card. And I just really like the way that you can do QR codes and everything. Never plug it into anything. Yeah, it's awesome. Check it out. Links for that down below. Uh, bit refill. Of course, I'm living on Bitcoin. Uh, one of the ways I do that is bit refill. They have gift cards for pretty much everything you can imagine. And they accept on-chain and lightning. So if you want those cheap, fast transactions, that's easy. You also do earn sats back in the process. So check them out. And finally, guys, please be careful. I've been getting so many people. They did not back up their wallets well. They put them on paper. They threw it out. They didn't realize it was important. Treat your backups seriously. Uh, one of the ways that you can do that is to get it into steel. Then you're uh, at least kind of mitigating against, against the risk of fire, water damage, or like these people I've been talking to, accidentally throwing it out. So check out Bill Foddle over on privacypros.io. With that, let's get into our panel. Let me get my screen up here. We've got Matt O'Dell, Dennis Porter, Tony Kai, Desiree Dickerson. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Great day. Yes. Pretty, pretty good. Go. <laughs> yes. Uh, guys, this is uh, a super chill, easy to do show. It's Why Are We Bullish? 
Um, there's so many reasons. The only difficult part of this show is narrowing it down. Um, so we've got three. We go by the three R's here. We give a reason. We riff on the reason and then we rotate really, really easy. Um, really quick before we do that, let's go down the line for anybody that's watching that's a noob that has no idea who's in the room here. Uh, just give yourselves a quick intro and uh, kind of what you do. Uh, I'll start with Matt. Take it away. Who are you? What do you do? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Name is Matt O'Dell. Uh, I just really like Bitcoin. Bitcoin privacy uh, is my focus. And uh I do I have a bunch of education resources and, and we have two shows that we do every week uh, and you can find those all at mattodell.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's jump to Dennis. Let people know who you are, what you do. How's it going? I'm Dennis Porter. Uh, I recently became a full-time Bitcoin educator, been around since 2017, just following in the footsteps of great guys like Matt O'Dell uh, and uh, Ben over here, looking to continue to build out my educational tools. I have a guide coming eventually here soon, but big fan of Clubhouse. That's where I spend most of my time. So if you want to listen in on me, just feel free to follow me over there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And we've had a, a couple chats on on Clubhouse together. Always have a, a lot of fun there. Um, I, I heard Matt talking about it on uh, TFTC the other day. It is a total time suck, dude. It's <laughs> it's you got to You got to choose which rooms you're in and why. And uh, yeah, it's, but it's a good resource. I can't imagine having that kind of a resource early on in Bitcoin being like, I'm just going to jump in a room and directly ask all these guys that like do podcasts my yeah. exact question about bitcoin so we I do are orange it. pilling we are orange pilling people left and right on clubhouse it's an incredible place for people to learn about bitcoin i it's probably one of the things i'll talk about that i'm bullish about <laughs> awesome awesome uh des let people know who you are what you do yeah um i am the vp of business operations at lightning labs so that kind of means a lot of everything um anything business related at, at lightning labs um I also help out with a cool project called McGox, um, which is a monthly esports tournament um, that showcases games that are built on Bitcoin and Lightning. Um, so that's like my favorite thing to talk about in Shell for sure. Awesome, awesome. And Tony, jump in. Let us know what you do. Hey everyone, I'm Tony. Uh, basically, I'm a co one of the co-founders of Atomic Dot Finance. Uh, made a bit of a noise earlier this week, but basically what we're doing is um, uh, we're building a super simple to use mobile app for Bitcoin holders that care a lot about transparency, care a lot about self-custody, um, to be able to deploy their Bitcoin in yield strategies that are fully non-custodial and transparent. Um, uh, yeah, Matt, my co-founder Matt was on with uh, with Dennis yesterday on Clubhouse and uh, Dennis is, uh, we're planning for Dennis to be our first beta user. So uh, that's very much in, in the plans. <laughs> the, deal, the deal was made that I had to, I had to answer the question correctly, who was the smarter <laughs> co-founder. I caught it the tweet before you deleted it, but we'll see what the end of this show, which I choose. Yeah, but I had a great time talking to Matt, man. He's, he was, boom, he was on point. Uh, Aaron had a, a bunch of tough questions for him and it was like, boom, boom, boom. He just answered them without a problem. And so I'm really excited about what you guys are doing over at Atomic. <laughs> That's it. awesome. Yeah, you, you were awesome. a great moderator as well. <laughs> Thank you. Sweet. 
We've got people in the chat already telling us that it started pumping the moment we started the show. Somebody said they market bought when Matt popped that cork. So uh, <laughs> kudos. Uh, ben, can you set me up with an all-time high tomorrow for my birthday? I will do my best, uh, Tapra Uvis. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm going to start with my reason for being bullish. Um, and it's, it kind of is similar to one I did, uh, I don't know, probably a, a few months back. And it's about, I would say, the information asymmetry that's that's going on just everywhere. Because everything seems just so ridiculously similar to 2017. There are definitely differences, like the the drawdown of, of Bitcoin on exchanges, things like that. Um, but like in terms of... Some some of the bullshitty scammy stuff that's happening in the background that is so similar. It's just whatever the flavor of the week has happened to be. Um, you know, ICOs replaced by DeFi and NFTs, um, but also in the people assuming that you know things will replace Bitcoin. That um, you know this is already the top. All of these assumptions as if it's not going to be so similar to 2017 but so far it just has and and the narratives that we're seeing on on you know mainstream media we're getting the the same fud that's being recycled 4 years later so i think my main reason for being bullish is just how hilariously similar this is to last time and in my mind i feel like we're going to have at least one more of these cycles and if so then the the advantage that anybody who's been paying attention to like if anybody who's actually been paying attention over the past number of years or actually taking the time to look back historically what has happened the advantage that you have is just so much more than anybody who's dismissive and and not paying attention i in, in short, asymmetry. That's why I'm so fucking bullish right now. So um, I'm going to I'm going to pass it down the line, get thoughts from everybody if they if they're feeling the same way about this, if they think it's different this time. Uh, let's start with Matt, dude. Wh what are you feeling? Uh, first of all, it's hilarious that that everyone always says it's different this time. It's like <laughs> the most perfect meme. And I mean, I, I guess the, the TLDR uh, of, of your statement is. You know, the having isn't priced in, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, like it's it's who was it? Was it Joe Joe Weisenthal that that had said the having isn't priced in, and you quote tweeted him like a million times over? Yeah, I, or, I was a little aggressive with it, but I love Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's he's a professional I, been, troll, so so he enjoys when he gets trolled back. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, quote tweeting him a bunch lately with imagine tweeting this or imagine recommending listening to <laughs> Stephanie Kelton was the one that I just retweeted. What was the other one? He he tweeted out the other day. Um, he chirped back uh, at you, right? He's like, I don't have to imagine. Yeah. I tweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't I don't know. Like, I just I feel like it's so similar. I feel like there's there's it it's like the movie Groundhog Day where everybody's oblivious to it and there's just a, a group of bitcoiners being like is was this not did this not just happen is this not the same thing so i don't know dennis do you are you yeah for it, me it's like 2017 was my big first pump 
and it felt like we everyone was saying the same things. Oh, this is it. This is it. this is the last chance to get on board. Um, we're going to reach escape velocity. Better take a HELOC out on your home and and then mortgage yourself and and go absolutely all in on debt uh, because this is going to be your last opportunity to get in on Bitcoin. And I just don't see it that way because I think we've realized that this is going to keep happening over and over again. What is it like one percent? of the global wealth is like in Bitcoin at this point, like we are just leaving the dock in my opinion. And I think that that being said, I think we're still going to see Bitcoin as far as the price goes, I think we're going to absolutely see it surpass everyone's expectations, even probably ourselves, because that's what always happens. It always goes to some crazy number. And then that's when, this is how you know it's done. When the true Bitcoiners like Matt O'Dell are like, maybe we are going to reach escape velocity. That's when the price is going to crash. At $18,000, I was like, hyper-Bitcoinization's upon us. <laughs> you crashed the price. It was your fault. <laughs> hold, hold strong this time, Matt. Hold strong. That's not the only That's not the only top that Odell has caused. I remember specifically a very drunk Matt Odell on the roof of uh, the Bitcoin 2019 conference telling everybody to market buy, which if you did and you held, you're still way up. But but that was the local top for that entire year. How long was it before we- Like a year and a half, two years or something. It was a long time. People kept reminding me. They didn't let me forget. (laughs) <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, Des, how about you? What are you, what are you feeling? Do you feel like this is kind of a, 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 just a slight variations on a rehash of what happened in 2017? Yeah, it's madness. It's like, it's, but it's so much more of a shit show. I mean, like this <laughs> NFT thing is like, I think it might have been with like the NFT fart, which like I totally support. Like that's probably the best NFT out there. Like, Also, like, I am not into knocking things unless I try them, minus, like, heroin. And so, (laughs) um, you know, I'm, like, I'm trying, I'm currently in the process of trying to buy this NFT from this artist I love. And it's, like, a disaster. Like, it's a total disaster. He has an NFT boy who's, like, hustling (laughs) me on, like, Rarible. And I'm, like, I don't know what's going on. But, like, the artist doesn't understand what the fuck is going on. And, like... (laughs) It's like, this is such, he's like, well, I'll send you a physical, a physical copy as well. And I was like, do you not get the point? Like, it's, it's such a shit show. So, like, I don't know. At Lightning Labs, we like, you know, Elizabeth is all about, like, we don't look at the price. Like, we want to build, we want it to be low so we can, like, be quiet and build. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm definitely being distracted on Twitter. Yeah, are, are you getting a lot less shit done right now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it's just, like, I, I can't even concentrate. Like, Matt's, like, all over Twitter with cap locks. And, like, my brain is basically scrambled eggs at this point. But, like, I'm so bullish. And then, honestly, like, I, put, I was, like, the guys at uh, Bitcoin Magazine um, and Celia from Zebedee and I played CSGO for, like, a few hours um, the other night with, like, the Zebedee's infused product and it was like insane because like i've done it before but like i always get like totally pwned by like these like little boys who like say horrible things to me so like this was the first time i had fun doing it i was like this is it this is the future like it's like ubiquitous lightning ubiquitous bitcoin it's like it's happening and i i think it might be soon i don't know yeah it's 
it's interesting that I mean it's it's inevitable, but with every when Bitcoin pumps, when Bitcoin goes up and and starts getting into like a, a manic kind of you know we surpass all time highs and people get get crazy about things. Obviously, it's un and unfortunately, it's gonna come with all the scammy bullshit because people always want to tag onto the success of that, and because it's so cyclical and it comes in those spurts, then it's it's easy for people to forget or people that just never got involved in the first place not to realize what all the scammy bullshit that came before was and not to see the exact copy pasta bullshit that's happening um it's unfortunate but it's just going to take to the point where literally everyone has use Bitcoin and fallen down that shitcoin rabbit hole once or twice or seen and heard enough of their friends to have, you know, succumbed to it that, you know, until everybody in the world more or less understands why Bitcoin is important, you're, you're just going to see it repeat over and over again, I think. But anyways, let's let's let Tony speak a little bit, dude. How are you feeling about this cycle? Is it feeling uh, like it's it's uh, uh, repeating a little bit? We had a good speaking of not falling down the shitcoin rabbit hole we had you and i had an interview and you told me about your kind of story of being big into eth previously and then like all the realizations you had of being like oh wow i'm gonna work on bitcoin so yeah you might have some unique it's, insight here i think it's very uh i mean like the, the the issue is like basically the new people that first come in they don't know better right and so basically you know uh like, like, I think similar to Dennis, like 2017 was my first real bull cycle. And obviously the flashy things were the, were the like crypto kitties, were all those, like all, all that kind of stuff, right? Like all the, all the ICOs and stuff like that. And that's, that was the flashy stuff. That was where like people were making like crazy amounts of money in a matter of days, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and, you know, obviously like, you know, once, once you go through one whole cycle, like that's when you actually learn. Like, what is the real value prop here? What is the, what, what are the things that actually have staying power, right? And, and um, obviously, you know, for uh, the, the real unfortunate people are some of my, a select few of my friends who got screwed by the ICO stuff last time and still going down the same NFT, <laughs> that stuff like that. Uh, those people, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of trying to really, really, uh, you know, correct, some, uh, correct their uh, behavior there. But like, basically, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it is, it does feel similar. And, uh, and, uh, you know, when, whenever you, I mean, sometimes on Twitter, you also hear this. Uh, I, I don't know what it is with some, some uh, Ethereum, uh, Ethereans who really feel the need to like, uh, say like, oh, ETH is sound money or ETH is ultrasound money. I think you guys saw, you guys probably saw that. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, 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 why do you feel the need to really like try to claim Bitcoin's value prop. It's very clear what Bitcoin's value prop. It's always been quite clear for for a while now. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like uh, it's it's like the e e e is struggling to find its own value prop kind of thing. And it's it's just kind of repeating itself. Well, guys, yeah. didn't you hear that uh, <laughs> Ethereum's getting more scarce? Uh, more scarce, guys. It's getting more scarce because it's been decreed. <laughs> It's been awesome to have Tony, Tony, and Matthew who moved over from Ethereum. So, did you have the similar? story tony of you were working together with matthew on another project over it it was ethereum and bitcoin right and then eventually yeah. there were some some big good bitcoiners on the team uh who matthew wouldn't even name because they're like so 
all in on Bitcoin and the OPSEC. But eventually they, this guy convinced Matthew. Did he convince you also? Was it the same kind of story for you? So he, it was a chain. So he convinced Matthew and then Matthew convinced me uh, at the end of the day. So I was like the last domino to fall. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then that was, that was when we were like, Hey, yeah, Bitcoin's the way to go and, and, uh, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it took, it, uh, it took too long for me to be honest, <laughs> to make that full switch. Yeah. Hey, everybody has their moment, right? That's all good. Um, so I think, I think the consensus here is uh, <laughs> this is basically, you know, another, uh, we're, we're just driving around the block, seeing the same scenery pretty much. So, uh, anybody out watching out there, this time is not different, uh, is the consensus here. Someone asked in the chat, you know, what's the problem with holding good alts? Uh, you know, in the, first of all, every, I believe that every single asset oh. in this world is trending to zero when priced in Bitcoin. Here's um, here's the good answer. The problem is, is that yeah. there are no good but, alts. But, but besides that fact, and what Tony kind of kind of hit the nail on the head there is in these short-term time periods, scams pump the hardest. They pump the hardest. If you somehow magically are able to buy the bottom and sell the top, you're going to have a lot more Bitcoin. And people have a tendency to think that they're smarter than the rest of the market, and they're going to be able to do that. And they usually need a whole cycle to realize like, oh, the scams did pump the hardest and then they dumped the hardest. And and now anyone was caught holding those bags has way less Bitcoin, right? And and so usually it takes at least one cycle for someone to realize that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I can't wait for uh, next week. Going to do a takedown. We're going to take down Ethereum, which is like what? That's the only theoretically some people claim is the good alt. So I'm really pumped about that. Matt more than, would be more than happy to have you on the deep dive show on Clubhouse. We are just going to absolutely rip this thing wide open for all of the uh, community to see on an economic side and on a technical side. I think it really needs to be done at this point. Obviously, Tony would be great to be there too, man. You were you were a shit, you're a shitcoin insider. You know, <laughs> I'm the that's insider, a show. <laughs> that's Guy Swan does a show called Shitcoin Insider where they review what the hell's going on with all the shitcoins. It's great. Um, yeah, it's it's. It does seem very similar, but uh, let's uh, let's round this out. I th I feel like we're pretty much in consensus that it's it's more of the same. Um, this time is is not different, and if you're smart, you can use that to adv your advantage by just staying the course, stacking sats, and and sit back and relax. You know, enjoy the ride. Um, so let's move on to our next reason for being bullish. Before we do that, of course, we've got like 170 people watching live. Smash like, give this a share. Let's get even more people watching. Uh, and keep commenting because I'm seeing great comments in here. We love them. Uh, I'm going to jump to Matt. Dude, what is your reason for being bullish this week? So it actually fits perfectly with your reason. Uh, although this time is not different in terms of Bitcoin cycles, uh, it is very different in terms of Bitcoin only education uh, and content. And there's an insane amount. We have like oh, through this bear market, we basically a bunch of us have built out this like Bitcoin only content network that just didn't exist last cycle. And there's like this whole subculture now around responsible dollar cost averaging and then taking self custody of those sats and then using your own node with, with while you while you use those sats. And like, that's crazy. That just didn't exist before. And I think people are really, you know, fortunately, we're getting a bunch of newcomers that get to skip that that burn period where they don't have to get 
uh, burned in a cycle before they realize. Uh, so that's good for them. And then second of all, I think it's going it, it to, could, it could make the intensity of this cycle larger. Like I, I think we might have more upside. It might go for a little bit longer because you have this floor of like humble sat stackers that are coming in and they're withdrawing their sats from the exchanges. They're pulling them off. They're holding them in their own keys and they have no intention of selling. Like it's literally a one-way street. They just go into sats and they expect at some point in the future, they're going to spend it, but they're never going to sell it. And that never really, we didn't have that last cycle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So what you're saying is we can all get rich by just staying humble. So is what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So exactly. I, yeah. Matt's, Dennis, go ahead. Matt, no, it's so accurate. I mean, it's like the people that are coming in now. I get to avoid all the bumps and bruises that we went through. Like, you know, I was like, "There's no flipping. Like, nobody's ever worried about Bitcoin being flippant. Like, that's not even a conversation anymore." Uh, I really, really think that, like, I was going to talk about earlier, was a, cl a clubhouse thing, man. It's like these people are coming in and learning about Bitcoin, and then. They're not learning about anything else. That's it. Like they're just learning about Bitcoin in these cafe Bitcoin rooms. Uh, there's like a couple other ones, but they're great out there. Yeah, hundred percent. And and to your point, like I've you know, there's people in the chat right now. Like they're running nodes. Like that was not a thing that people really understood last cycle. Um, it was not a, a regular occurrence to see people posting pictures of the nodes that they just spun up. And nor were all there the projects, all the projects that, that, that they all yeah. came up after in, in the, in between yeah. my, yeah. my node umbral, all of that, like it's, is so great. And lightning itself is so much easier to, to work with over the past few years. Well, I mean, the, yes, we have a, lo a long way to go in terms of usability and like making this easy for people to use. But now like, I mean, there's, like Matt said, there's so many projects where people are like hacking away, getting like normie users. Like my dad literally uses the fold card. He's so addicted to it. Like he called me and was like, Des, let me explain sats to you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Like he dad explained it to me and I was like, got it, dad. Thank you for informing me. And it, it, it but like the point is like, yeah, all, all so easy. Like, I mean, does anybody even, I don't even remember what wallet I was using in like 2017, but like, I'm sure like, yeah, exactly. Like just, just imagine how far we've come. And like, I mean, we host these things um, at lightning labs called like round tables where we get like all the projects in like one space. Um, now it's virtual, but like online. And I mean, in Berlin at the lightning conference, we had 30 people in 2019. Now I have like 150 people who come to these, like, these round tables. So that means like, I mean, just the projects alone in the past like year and a half, they have like, you know, grown that much just in lightning alone. So it's like, you know, I, I think not only are the projects growing, but like, we're really, really like kind of chipping away at the usability piece. Yes. Yes. There's like a lot of progress to be made, but like, I mean, even Zebedee's wallet, I realize it's custodial, but like for onboarding new users, I mean, they're using the, the, LNURL, like static QR code, and people are putting it in their like streams when they're playing games, and you can tip really easily. So, like, yeah, I mean, not and nothing's perfect yet, but like we're slowly, slowly getting there and experimenting. And you know, a lot of people call this like the Cambrian explosion, like the Cambrian explosion time. And like, let us not forget the Cambrian explosion only lasted for 20 million years. Like, if you've ever taken significant <laughs> evolutionary biology. <laughs> 
just very, very short amount of time. So it's like, you know, there's going to be a lot of experimentation. You know, people are going to be playing around a lot and a lot of it's not going to work and that's fine. But like what's results after that 20 million years is like much, much evolutionary progress and like stronger projects. We're going to have like better products. So I think, you know, with all, with this, bull run and all this hype and all this attention in the space, like we're going to have more projects, but in the end we're going to have better products. So I'm super, super bullish for that reason. That's, that's so true. Like you see not, you know, it's a lot of noise during the bull runs, but there's also a lot of money and funding that comes into it and the bullshit projects and, and, you know, garbage scams that can't, sustain themselves when there's not a constant influx of new money they disappear but the good projects they proliferate and they like so much building happened over the last bear market and it was an incredible time you know i had some friends that kind of came in as you know as the last bull run it was kind of like coming to an end like january in fact one of them is in in the chat right now he was i pulled up a couple of his but he got in in like january of 2018 and he wrote out the whole bear market but it was probably the best thing for him because it gave him so much time to focus in and realize what was actually important without nearly as much noise and nearly as many distractions it was it was beautiful for him it really worked out and now and now he's like much better off much happier you know he's he's uh definitely on the verge of of uh you know working for himself and and not having to you know having a better life so uh i'm i'm really glad that uh that timing worked out it was he, i basically did the same thing in in the cycle where i joined in i was coming off uh, the top of a bull run but then through 2014, 15, 16, it was such a great time to start learning. And, and like, uh, one of my favorite creators at the time, uh, Vortex, um, he was such, he was so integral to my learning and avoiding all the missteps of, of like falling down, uh, as Knut said, the shitcoin shithole instead of the shitcoin rabbit hole. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like back then we only had like a couple, a couple content creators that were creating Bitcoin only quality content, uh, that was available for all for free. Now we have way too much content, not too much, but like way more content than you could ever listen to ever watch, ever read. We have guides for every type of little thing. And then at the same exact time, you have all these open source projects is, that are flourishing and they have no shitcoin support. It's, a, it's the craziest thing that there's no central coordination here. And we watched all of this explode in the last three years. And the majority of people on the planet have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, was very lucky when I first came in in 2016, 2017, uh, to hear Andreas as like one of the first people that I heard speak about Bitcoin. Uh, the other one was Richard Hart, but it was fun to watch him kind of spiral out of control. I was like, man, I really trusted this guy. He, he's really lost it now at this point. Yeah, it wow. was funny to see his capitulation. Anybody watching uh, back in the previous kind of bull, bull run uh, there's this guy, Richard Hart, and he came out like full on Bitcoin maxi at the time. And it seemed like he was kind of in line, like understood everything. And he was like, OK, this this is what makes sense. And then he he got wrecked because he was he was doing some degen trading. He was like leveraged longing and he thought that it was just going to keep on going forever. And he just got totally fucking wrecked. And then he got 
it seemed like he kind of got angry about that. And then just like in an instant, he was like, fuck it. I'm making a shit coin on Ethereum and I'm just going to pump it. And he like had to like all of these buzzwords for it. He called like pumpamentals and all this shit. And he just went off the rails. Anyways, uh, dude's a scammer. Don't buy hex. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Tony, I've been taking up your time. Do you want to add commentary uh, on like quality of content out there? How things have changed? Oh, you're muted, dude. You guys, I think you guys have pretty much covered uh, everything (laughs) I wanted to say. But like, yeah, I mean, the the wealth of Bitcoin-centric content, Bitcoin-only content uh, is certainly a lot, lot better than than when I first joined the space. Um, I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, like, like to your point about to your point about like running your own node, it's so easy to set up like an umbral now. Um, It's it's crazy, right? And like basically, like uh you know it, it's it, before when it was like perceived that oh only the only the the techiest of techies like can can like do actually really actually like fully become your own self-sovereign bitcoiner and run your own node and that kind of stuff is the the barrier of access to that has been dramatically decreased and um that's amazing right and you're never going to be able to do that with ethereum because like you need like a huge supercomputer to actually run uh, run your own node or with even some of the more egregious, uh, less centralized or less decentralized chains out there. Uh, Bitcoin's really the only one that you can do that. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I think all those, all those points make me, uh, incredibly bullish on, on Bitcoin for sure. Awesome. I love it. Uh, we're going to keep rolling down the line. We're going to go for another reason for being bullish. There's like 200 people here. Smash like, give this a share. Let's get even more people watching. Thanks for the stream of constant comments coming in. Uh, good to see you guys here. Uh, let's jump to Dennis, dude. What has you feeling bullish this week? Oh, man, it's probably the same thing that has me feeling bullish every week. And that is this new app that I play with every day called Clubhouse. It is an incredible app. Uh, We are orange pilling people. We are indoctrinating people. Uh, We have a Sunday Satoshi service with Padre John. Like it's a full-blown religion at this point. Like, sorry about it. Uh, These rooms don't stop oftentimes. They just go all day. It's like better than a conference because you're literally just skipping the part where you listen to someone who is smarter than you and you're just getting in a room and talking to people one-on-one basically is what it feels like. Uh, Anybody can come up and ask questions. Uh, It's an incredible device. Uh, I think it's going to absolutely change the amount of like that base layer you know the, of hodler we have like this the base layer of hodlers and then when clubhouse came out it was like this like it's just going straight up uh so i'm super bullish about it i think that it's taking more and more bitcoin off the market and putting it into permanent long-term you know hodling wallets more faster than ever before and i couldn't possibly be more bullish about it i mean that's how i met I, you dude like that's how i met yeah. you that's how i'm on the show right now like i just that's true. started there were a lot of Bitcoiners on like there. a month ago. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of Bitcoiners that I just didn't know previously that were like kind of front and center there that were like good, solid Bitcoiners that just I didn't know from basically Twitter where everybody was and still is. But like I just there was a lot of really great commentary that I wasn't expecting to hear from like a different platform so i mean don't get me wrong there's absolutely like trash nft rooms and and stuff like that but um you can get into some excellent rooms and there's some good conversation and i love seeing the noobs coming through there 
and getting funneled into those rooms and going, oh, okay, this is the, the other thing. And I guess this kind of tags on to, to Matt's reason is that the narrative across all of these different uh, content creators and mediums and, you know, things like Clubhouse, when it comes to Bitcoiners, it's just so incredibly consistent everywhere. Whereas when it comes to like the shit corner narratives, they're all over the place, right? It's like, this is better than everything else because we want to pump this thing. But then something over here is saying, no, 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 this is better than everything else. Whereas like Bitcoin, it's pretty much like, this is what you're looking for. This is the whole reason for things being here in the first place, the reason for Bitcoin to exist. And it's not like it's not, I mean, other than the, the joking, like sell your chairs, most of the advice actually being thrown out there is like, Hey, you know, take your time, learn, learn the ropes. You know, you got to learn about security. You, you know, it's not like, you know, pump and then dump at the right time. It's like, no, this is a long-term savings plan. This it should be treated as such. The, the narrative is so much more cohesive, I think. The strongest example of that was sailor coming into the space. Sailor came into the space and he basically just like, since he came into the space, he just repeats the party line over and over again. It's just like the same, it's just like the same information distilled and perspective distilled. Um, and just like a very easy to digest away. It's very, very, very strong narratives. Um, Dennis, I'm curious on your opinion here on clubhouse, since you brought it up. Um, do you think that it's a platform that is more, um, prone to like affinity scamming and, shit coinery because of because people don't feel because it's more personal i i feel like I mean, it's twofold it's more personal because you're talking to them in words so like people have a tendency right. to let them keep talking rather than call them out for it and then second of all it's ephemeral technically even though there's probably a bunch of state agencies recording it and advertising companies recording all those conversations technically it disappears right away so there's no record of the shit coining like on Twitter, yes. if I if I said something that the hive mind disliked um, 45 years ago, like they can go back to it and they can call it out. They can tweet stamp it. They can post everything that I said that was wrong. Right. But with 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 Clubhouse, you don't have that. Yeah. So you you kind of hit the, hit the nail on the head. I was wondering when you asked at the beginning, I could kind of see where you're going and you actually literally hit the nail on the head. There is there is a small problem on Clubhouse where because there's no record, there's no record, which I, I kind of like that a little bit, that aspect, right. it's a feature, but it, but it does allow these people to come in and talk and, and uh, an affinity scam. They could, if you don't know what affinity scamming is out there, it's basically where someone comes in and they say, Hey, I love Bitcoin. And they make friends with you. And then they are like, Hey, look at my shit coin. And because you're friends with them, you're like, Oh, I trust this person. Now I'm going to go, maybe well, I should go check out, it out. In the clubhouse case, specifically like being on stage in like a popular Bitcoin room. Right. So we've actually done a lot of work recently. So I have, there's two clubs that I really focus on because I really think they've done well. One is mine, but one is Cafe Bitcoin. They have like this, this admin page where we do a really good job of communicating and making sure that we are staying on top of stuff like that. Uh, so there's some really great leaders in that group that have made it the number one project to make sure that affinity scamming is not allowed to occur. I mean, here's the thing, you know, Bitcoiners, man, it's like the moment someone comes on stage and they start talking. The moment they say one little tiny thing wrong, and it's really easy to say something wrong when you're you know talking right long format. You, you know right away. You're like, okay, right away. I see it coming. I know it's going to happen. 
Like as either this person is super new and ignorant, right? I hate to say the word ignorant, but they're they're super new and they just are unaware of this and where the, what the truth is in this situation, or they're a scammer. So immediately, fifty people go start looking at all their social media platforms because they're linked. And unfortunately, sometimes some people that may be good Bitcoiners in their heart, but they promote shit coins on their you know the social media platforms, they get ousted pretty quickly. And we do a pretty good job, I think, of moderating that. But it is something that we do have to be aware of at all times because. Affinity scammers are real. I mean, it is probably the number one type of scamming. And it's unfortunate that we have these scammers, but but we do try to do a really good job of, of toning that down. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Des, have you uh, dove into the uh, clubhouse realms yet? I got a, I got a unpopular opinion. I don't love clubhouse. Um, <laughs> I know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I do see it as a super useful tool. Um, Ryan and I created this, um, you know, we have something called the lightning lab, which is Ryan Gentry's and I's like skunk works project where we just like, Hey, like, you know, you know, how do we bring this to more people? How do we onboard new devs? And so we decided to create this clubhouse room, like, I mean, it's been a while now. We do it weekly. And it's been an absolute, I mean, you know, I, I give it credit where credit's due. It's been an amazing tool for, like, reaching new people, onboarding new people. I mean, obviously, our group is, like, a little bit more technical, really focused at, uh, at developers um, who are trying to build on L&D. But um, I just, like, you know, I think it's, I mean, it's very ephemeral. I think it's, like, very, you know, on vogue right now given the pandemic and like you know the lack of being able to be in person i mean i don't know but i i just i just hate being always on like and i hate like that it's like less of curated content like for me it's like Mm -hmm. i love putting on a podcast being able to go about my business but it's like i jump at a clubhouse room someone puts me on the stage and it's like they're asking me questions and now i'm like in the shower, which has happened, and it's like, holy shit, now <laughs> I gotta like jump out of the shower, and be like, oh, oh yeah, like respond to something. I mean, it's when you're on the toilet for a few hours, you have to like time, yeah, or when you're on Clubhouse for a few hours, you have to like time when you go to the bathroom. It's like, I've been hosting some of these rooms, and I'm like, okay, I really have to go to the bathroom. And so I have to like time when I go, I'm like, ask a qu- I get someone to like ask a question, and then I'm like, all right, go. Yeah, you're right. It does take a lot. Of time. Sorry to interrupt you, the Desert. I just wanted to, to throw that in there. No, no, no. I, I feel you. Um, but I mean, I think it's an interesting tool. Like, I think it's like, okay, maybe we should start like branching out to like these other avenues of communicating and reaching people rather than just like the shit show that has become crypto Twitter. I mean, I don't really know what that looks like. I mean, Ryan and I have toyed around with like, I mean, now we have um, like a really, really engineering focused um, Discord server with like a voice chat every couple weeks, like an office hours. Um, you were playing around with like doing some stuff on Twitch. Like I set my umbral node up on Twitch and, you know, had people like I do my makeup on there as well. So like I just like try and bring in different audiences. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think it's just like, you know, we live in the age of like, you know, your your every company is their own media company, um, and so I think it's like an interesting tool. And you know, I do think that there's a lot of really really well curated groups. Like Dennis, you do a great job. Um, you know, the folks at Swan Bitcoin have done incredible work, and like they've helped us a ton, Ryan and myself out a ton with our group. But I mean, I I, I don't know. Like I, I just like gotta to step away from it. It's not my favorite. I I, I gotta be honest. I mean, That's the debates, the, the two things that I love about it, and I, I totally see the negatives on Clubhouse, 
Uh, I definitely can see the points that you've made. For me personally, it launched like right as I was deciding to kind of get out there and, and be an educational person around Bitcoin. So it, the timing was kind of perfect for me. And it really helped me kind of grow my audience in that way. So for me, obviously, there's some personal selfish reasons for why I like Clubhouse. But the one, two things that I really do like about it, aside from the downsides, is that the debates are live and Bitcoiners always win because we have the best arguments and because what we're saying is the truth. So people are able to come in these rooms and they're able to hear the back and forth and they're just like, wow, it's so easy to, to choose which side I want to be on. I think the other big thing really too is the authenticity that you can hear in people's voices like you, Desiree, and Matt Odell. Obviously, I've, I've heard your voice many, many times on your podcast. And I think that when you can listen to the debate and you can hear the argument and you can hear the authenticity, I just think it really bypasses that whole educational curve for some people, some newbies, and really just plugs them. Like it's like downloading, I call it a matrix style download of information. And so it just really just plugs people in and gets them going right away. And for me, it works really well, but it's definitely not a tool that works great for everybody. You definitely have to have a lot of time on your hands. Luckily, I haven't, I don't work like for a blockchain company. I don't, I'm not working on developing Bitcoin and I bow down to all the big people that do do that because that's the real work that needs to be done. But uh, for me, I just want to educate people. And so it's a great tool for me. Wait, I got an idea and I actually got this idea on um, your podcast, Matt. Um, and um, because I love Paul Atoy and everything he does, like I'm obsessed with him. I met up with him in Utah and I went away and I was like, I have to change the world. Like this guy has inspired me. <laughs> Why don't we move these things to clubhouse? Like Paul put it out there. Like I actually have a tweet draft that I haven't got around to tweeting yet because I have been working to a little bit today. Um, why don't we move some of these conversations to Sphinx and like, you know, put our sats where our, our mouths are or whatever you would say and like start doing some education on Sphinx. Like that's, that's well, what I'm feeling. You know, I, it's super promising and I love Sphinx and I'm excited for it. Um, the Android app is still very not stable. That's what I heard. Um, and it's, it is not easy to onboard people yet. I like, like we have like Marty. I love Marty. Marty's my brother. Okay, but Marty gets very hyped and very excited about Sphinx and he hypes up all the freaks about Sphinx and then they all jump in my DMs and they're like, how do I get into your room? You know, and they just can't we they, we cannot meet the demand right now. So it, it seems a little unfair. And I, I think even I, this is a main complaint I have with Clubhouse as well. Um, and Clubhouse doesn't even have the you know, hometown hero effect where like, I want to support Sphinx like a, a fuck ton. Like we were the one of the first podcasts that, yeah. that has a Sphinx tribe. But with Clubhouse, like if you don't have an iPhone, you can't, you can't use it. Um, so it's, it's intentionally like inclusive, inclusionary with, with, with Sphinx. That's not the case. It's just because it's beta. So, you know, obviously it, it'll get better over time and I'm very excited for it. But something like this chat, um, you know, I, Ben is streaming it out through. Uh, how many platforms are you streaming out through? Two, three? Uh, right now, two. But like, uh, you know, I I used to have it going out to like Facebook and uh, yeah. a whole bunch of other like, places too. Dispatch I have going out to Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. It's recorded. And then you're able to download the full videos for free afterwards and audio afterwards, either through a podcast feed, through Keybase, through Telegram. Like it's able to get out to way more people. Um, so mm -hmm. I'd be a hundred percent down to do it through Sphinx. If at least at the very least I could export it afterwards, 
You know, if I could easily export the whole thing afterwards, then then we'd, I mean, RHR, we would move RHR right away, move it over to Slings. All right, it's a little early, but like just putting the idea out there then. How about I'm that? ready, I'm ready, let's fucking do it. <laughs> Matt, you said you, you you said you're not a big fan of Clubhouse either, but you know I I've seen Max Kaiser using it in a very interesting way, which is where Cafe Bitcoin kind of airs his podcast in a room, and for people to just listen in to kind of broaden your audience. And then what you can do is you can have an after party where you can come into the clubhouse and you can actually get with people. I think that's been working really well for the Orange Pill podcast. Yeah, Something I mean, maybe, look, maybe you want to look into. I've had, I've had, I've, I got a dedicated iPhone just to see what was going on with, with Clubhouse. I was curious about, it. I'm an Android user. Um, I'm like an addicted Android user. I have like four different phones right now. Like two, two of them are running graphene. One's running stock. The other one's running Calyx. And then I also got an iPhone so that I could do Clubhouse. I actually have experimented the opposite way where, you know, I've been consulting for Bitcoin magazine and they did a couple Clubhouse rooms that I felt bad that other people couldn't access them. So I was rebroadcasting the clubhouse room out to Twitter um, because everyone was on Twitter and Twitter is multi-platform. Um, it's literally like if I want to broadcast into clubhouse for my podcast, I have to like put my iPhone next to it and manually have it on like speakerphone. And then if I do it the opposite way, like I literally took this mic and I just put it right next to my iPhone on speakerphone and that's how I broadcast it out. It's like not native, right? And I know that yeah. once again, it's early, right? It's low-hanging fruit for them. Like all they need to do, a, a massive boost for them is if they just have easy export functions or easy import functions, right? Like uh, Ben uses this platform, Streamyard. He's got like buttons that he presses that enables his YouTube, enables his Twitter. You know, like it, there should be a Clubhouse button, and then it just broadcasts over. Yeah, I'd yeah, like I, I think they, sure def like they definitely have like a control issue over there at Clubhouse. Like they're really controlling the way things are done. But um, I think that Cafe Bitcoin has done too is they do they stream it live on YouTube as we're doing it. So we usually have like Brecky or um, someone over there trying to stream it. So there's lots of options. But I just thought it'd be something that you, you might want to look into just because Max Kaiser seeming geared it out. I just thought it was a cool model that he put forward and he's been using very effectively to grow and to communicate directly with his audience. Sorry, the thing uh, is, Ben, you were you you go ahead. The thing is, uh, I like the live chat. The live chat's the best part, right? So if I rebroadcast yeah. out to Clubhouse, I have no idea what, like, I it's it's too analog. It's not like I'm, I, I'm not communicating with that audience, right? Like, the coolest part about a live show to me is the direct the direct audience participation. Mm -hmm. And because it's so, fra the, the way that you have to do that setup, like, it's just lost. It's just like a broadcast method. It's one way. I, for me... It ends up being like, I want to hang out with Bitcoiners and that's just like my outlet. It basically gives me kind of like what I get on Twitter, but I get to like have semi, you know, actual human interaction, which is like, I, I think everybody's just fucking missing actually talking to people right now. And like us is like being in the space actually get to have some of those conversations especially making content thank god because i'd be going insane but like everybody's dying for meetups i like bitcoin 2021 can't come fucking soon enough holy shit i'm so stoked for it uh but yeah like for me it's just it's an outlet to be able to and also i really just i really love seeing that aha moment come out of people as like shit gets explained to them or at least hearing it where they're like, Oh, Oh shit. I get that. And like, I love that moment when it happens for people. So I don't know, like Tony, have you 
what kind of outlets do you have? Like, are, are you obviously you were on Clubhouse the other day? Like, what what's what are you feeling? Why and why are people drawn to this stuff? Yeah, I mean, one thing I know is that Apple's got to be pretty happy with Clubhouse being being uh, being iOS only. I'm sure they've been raking yeah. some it's market share from the Bitcoiners. Um, I think like um, I, I think like for for Clubhouse, like my my thing about it is that if I if I'm going there. It's one thing to be obviously like you know one of the speakers or whatever, but like if I'm going there to to learn from some folks as well, the issue is that like I always I'm one of those people that likes listening to things at um, one point one point five or two x speed, and that's obviously not yeah. possible on Clubhouse. Except everyone except for Olalu, I, for him I need to listen like at zero point seven five. That's the max I can do. <laughs> um, but but um, you know. Uh, so that's that's the issue there that, that I found, and it's just hard to be always on. In fact, I was chatting with a few, um, just like just like casual conversations with some with, with some VCs and whatnot, and they were like, "Yeah, so I've been like, try, uh, I've been noticing uh, some of my portfolio founders being on Clubhouse like twenty four seven, and that like has me greatly concerned." <laughs> so like, yeah, um, but it's interesting. Like, I think I think Clubhouse, like, I think it's um, it's very obviously like. To Ben's point, um, especially without the conferences, without the real like, without that stuff, it's been a fantastic like little uh, gathering place, right? For just for Bitcoiners to share ideas, yeah. and and to your point previously, Ben, about um, about like uh, like everyone, how everyone in Bitcoin is just like they're they're always like speaking on party lines. They're, they're always kind of presenting <laughs> a united front. And that's such a difference from like my Shacornery days. Like it's so different. Like in, if we were having this kind of discussion, like, uh, you know, with a kind of a Shacorn panel, everyone would be coming in with their own agenda. Everyone's trying to really like, you know, like show their coin in one, in one way or another. And uh, whereas in Bitcoin, everyone's just working to increase the value of Bitcoin. And that's what I love about this community, right? Like everyone is united on that. And uh, I think that's that's been one of the biggest differences from uh, from shitcoin shitcoinery to Bitcoin. So I think that's been that's been an interesting thing for for me. Hundred percent. So it, I I think we'll round out this one. I guess no. I guess everyone consensus. hates Clubhouse, man. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that likes it. Everyone's Fuck like your bullish theory. Uh, <laughs> I I love it. I think I I just jump on there and I have fun all the time. And I what? and I think it'll be a net positive for the noobs that are using it, um, assuming they get into some solid room. So, Look, it's anyways, bullish. I, I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah. not bullish. I mean, yeah. the, the key yeah. to the key to Ben's Ben's show here that he doesn't want to admit to his audience, I presume, is that literally everything is bullish for Bitcoin. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything. You <laughs> can say anything in here, and it would be bullish. Everything <laughs> is good for Bitcoin. Yes, absolutely. And everything Bitcoin fixes everything that's not bullish. So uh, we're gonna keep rolling here, guys. Thanks for being in the chat, dropping all your comments and everything. Keep them coming. Smash the like button. Give this a share. We're gonna move on to our next reason. We're gonna pass it to Des. Uh, what has you feeling bullish this week? Oh man, I guess it wasn't last week. I guess it wasn't this week. It was last week. Um, yeah. Just OKCoin okay um, announcing like their full Lightning integration um, was <laughs> a big win in our court. Um, you know, I think 
that's like been something Ryan and I have been thinking about for a very long time um, is onboarding exchanges to the Lightning Network. So I'm super bullish on seeing that. Um, you know, we obviously have a lot in the works. Um, really excited to, you know, get things rolling with, um, you know, exchanges like Paxful who have like these amazing, amazing um, user bases who could could definitely be life-changing um, just to have, um, you know, deposits and withdrawals on Lightning. Um, so I am just incredibly bullish on um, exchanges and Lightning. And I think that's just like an incre incredible progress for the entire ecosystem. So that's like- Do you think that- one. I, So I have a question for you. Do you think that this is the run where it becomes more or less a necessity to implement it? Like I, I feel like last run, it was like, okay, Segwit gets implemented and then every exchange was like, holy shit, fees, we're gonna, like, we gotta do something. And like now the transaction per second narrative is fucking out the window for alts, right? Like that's it's just dead. And so it kind of seems like it's coming to the point, like any exchange that isn't doing batching, you're getting raked over the fucking coals for a withdrawal. Like it's, they, they'll cover maybe a tiny portion of it if they do. And then you're like, oh shit, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks to get my coins out. It just, it seems totally unnecessary. So do you think it, it gets to that point where it's like, if you don't have lightning on your exchange, you're at a huge disadvantage? Yeah. And it's been really interesting, actually, you know, before we kind of launched this, this whole um, initiative, like on our BD front, um, like a couple quarters ago, it was like, okay, the exchanges will get it. They, they're, they're fee sensitive. Like they're, they're like, this is a no-brainer to them, but like, it's been interesting because that's not the, actually the case. Like, these exchanges are making like buku box on like shit coins. I mean, they don't care. Like, these fees, fees mean nothing to them. However, you know where the demand is coming from is from users. Like, you know, they are the ones who are fee sensitive. They're the ones who want um, lightning withdrawals. Like, and they're really the ones who are kind of pushing these integrations. So, like, that's been really easy to or interesting to see that there's like this. The way we thought it was going to evolve has not been what we've actually witnessed. Um, but I actually kind of like it better this way. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, and it, it makes such a better business case, um, you know, for us to pitch it to um, exchanges that way. Well, we didn't have yeah. last cycle. We didn't have Bitcoin only uh, like broker. We didn't have as much Bitcoin only like brokerages and on ramps and stuff. Those like those Bitcoin only places, stuff like Cash App, Bull Bitcoin, Swan. Like they have a direct incentive um, to to implement lightning and liquid and try and reduce their fees, batching, all these different things, Segwit. Um, yeah. But like, as you said, like a perfect example is Binance, right? And we're seeing him. It's kind of funny because he's doing it to Ethereum, but <laughs> he also does it to Bitcoin is they charge a single flat fee uh, to withdraw from their exchange. And if you withdraw Bitcoin or ETH. And it's a, a very high fee. He chooses a, a fee that's it's almost like predatory. He's like picking a fee that is like 40% higher than he ever really needs to do. And he makes it flat. And then if you if you withdraw with his token instead, like your, your fees are just very low, you know? So there's a there's definitely a disincentive on that side. But on the Bitcoin only side, I mean, they have the strongest incentive ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well. for, for sure. It's definitely a little bit more of a challenge with the um you know non-bitcoin only exchanges but yeah i mean it, we're making progress so yeah most of the exchanges in canada uh well the ones that have 
obviously like that have the easiest access that have like native apps and stuff like that. All of those, the Bitcoin withdrawals are ridiculous. Like they, the, the exception would be ShakePay because they actually batch and they actually cover any, because they actually, they do it efficiently. And so they cover your withdrawal fee. So it's like the only, you know, you know, in terms of companies that have multiple coins on them. Yeah. Most of them, it's like, yeah, either your fee is not covered. We'll cover up to five bucks of it. And then the rest is like on you. And we charge a flat. I've seen a lot of the flat fee where it's like, oh yeah, it's point oh 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 three, which is, it ends up being like 15, 20, 30. I don't even know what it, I don't even know what that translates to right now with it being, I, I, I'm so not used to like the $10,000 mark. It was so easy to calculate. Now it's just out the window. I have no idea. Well, now you just use a hundred K. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And estimate down. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm super stoked to see this happen. I'm super stoked to see lightning. Like somebody was saying in, uh, you know, Kraken also, you know, PR Richard working hard to keep his job to make sure lightning is implemented. <laughs> like ton of them have, you know, have announced like they just haven't like fully implemented it yet. But I isn't Coin Corners in Canada, right? No, uh, they're in the UK. I actually I just had the whole team on last week for Why Are We Bullish? And yeah, they that's what it was been, because you're Canadian. And I'm getting yeah. all because y'all have like come on McGox and I'm getting everybody's tribes mixed up. But um yeah, they they're doing that. I, you know what I need? This is unrelated, but you know what I need is I need a, a a looping white noise track of just Odell popping corks to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like my my bullish track for for bull markets. Uh, cool. It, it, does anybody have anything else to say about lightning uh, being added? Jump in. Yeah, I did not know that. Like that incentive there, though, Matt, that you brought up. I think that's such a key point where these exchanges, especially Binance, don't want to move over to Lightning because they have this incentive to push people into using their their utility token, which is the BNB coin. And it's like, why would they ever want to implement Lightning? They're going to just end up losing money on this token that they've created. And so that's, a, I think, that is a really interesting point to bring up when you're discussing why these exchanges are not moving over. Well, no, but what's beautiful here is because we have these Bitcoin only services that are prioritizing. I mean, I left out River too. River has been on the fucking forefront in terms of trying to implement everything. They're like, River is like what Coinbase should have been if they didn't go down the shitcoin rabbit hole. And they're just becoming a fucking powerhouse over there. And what's happening is those services are providing the, the necessary incentive pressure to these big guys. Like OKCoin, if you hear OKCoin talk about it, what they want for their US, their US arm is they've historically been, you know, a full exchange trading outfit where you're doing limit orders and leverage and all this shit. They want to have like a simplified portal that's like Bitcoin only in perception. Like this idea that like, oh, this is the Bitcoin only portal you can send a noob to. And it's because they're getting the pressure from these Bitcoin only services that didn't exist last cycle. Well, you see the same stuff out of wallets too, right? Like if you've got a, a wallet that supports a ton of coins, what's their priority? We're going to add every fucking coin under the sun. Whereas you get a Bitcoin only wallet and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have features like 
RBF. It's used in BEC32 addresses. Uh, you know, like every, you know, I have manual fee uh, adjustments that actually does a good job of checking the mempool for the most accurate fee information. Like all of these things that you want to it, just to use Bitcoin efficiently. And even though it may not be right in front of your face, when you need it, the features are there. And like, you know, teams like Blue Wallet are fucking knocking it out of the park where they just keep on adding all these great things. You can do multi-sig, all of these things that you'll never get out of a multi-coin wallet because they're too concerned with supporting everything that they possibly can. And it's the same with exchanges that are Bitcoin only. They're going to focus on bringing the most utility to their users um, to efficiently use Bitcoin. And, you know, it's I think that's the end game. It's funny that so many times we talk about bear markets and their importance for uh, the development of Bitcoin and all these tools that happen in that. It's almost like we're at this point, we're starting to say we're bullish on bear markets like that. Like <laughs> there's such an integral part of the development of Bitcoin because it washes away all the shit and all mm -hmm. the shit coins and it just leaves you with what's real. 100%. 100%. I love it. I'm, I'm super stoked to see. I, I feel like next you know, over the over the next few years, like I, I think this year will nail into exchanges heads that, oh, shit, we better we better implement uh, lightning if we want people to have like a positive experience in, in terms of, uh, you know, not only funding, but withdrawing from from our exchange. Um, and I think by, you know, if if we do indeed go through a similar cycle uh then next time around it'll be like you don't have lightning are you fucking insane like i, I that's what it is like when i go to, to to if i look at an exchange and i see a legacy address you're like what what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous yeah anyways to, i don't know tony if you want to add in have you been uh uh looking at at lightning using it a lot yeah well hope like we hope to to be on lightning at some point. Um, we've been chatting with Ryan a, a lot about that. Um, so looking forward to uh, really, really pumped for hopefully to be actually able to see Taproot happen and then all the good things that will do for, for Lightning as well as uh, DLCs, which is uh, you know the tech that we're working with and allowing DLCs to actually happen on Lightning. Um, would that's That would be a huge step forward. And so very, very optimistic about that. And uh, yeah, like, like, you guys are doing the um, the right stuff by kind of taking this one step at a time. It's a bit of a grind, but like, you know, I respect all the work that you guys are doing and I'm super optimistic about, about all that stuff coming. Awesome. I'm always, yeah, I'm always I... super pumped to see on um, Ryan and I's like notes when like Atomic Finance is in there. So <laughs> cool to learn about. So hopefully we'll actually get to be on a call together. I'm also pumped about DLCs for everything and not gambling or betting um but yeah i'm super pumped for that <laughs> hey, hey tony do you want to just ex like because i'm sure we're going to have people in the the chat that are like what are dlcs do you want to do like a tldr on what they are yeah sure um tldr so um dlcs stand for this thing called discrete law contracts and basically uh the simplest i guess thing that i can explain it with is that it's it's a very interesting way to be able to do um, do like it's basically a two of two multi-sig on chain that allows you to do some really interesting stuff. So basically, for example, you can have a third party Oracle um, that in an Oracle, all that is, is a, a uh, something that pulls data from the real world. Right. And basically feeds that data uh, and, and basically like allows us 
something to happen on chain based on that data. So for example, the easiest example is a prediction market or a betting market, right? Like basically, you know, uh, the US election, you know, you had a Oracle that reported uh, on who, who won the election. And then of course, based on that data, then I get to resolve that bet between two people, right? It's a, it's a, it's a contract between two people. Um, and so, uh, but then like what we're working with right now is using DLCs and extending that um, to kind of sort some more interesting financial primitives like potentially options and futures and uh, you know, these kinds of financial instruments where you have two counterparties and then you need like a third party Oracle to, to basically report data uh, in order to uh, basically, um, you know, cause a payout. So, you know, in a bet, the simplest thing is one person gets 100% of the payout and the other person gets zero. And then with options and futures, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's the, the, the general gist. And a good example of like an Oracle would be like the New York Times posting the exactly. baseball scores from this week, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, then you guys are also working, some people, was it you or, you know, we talked about it on last night, but uh, the multi-Oracle solution yeah. where you can pull data from multiple sources to make sure that you're not having to depend or trust a single Oracle. I thought that was a pretty big piece. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in, in, in the event where like, you know, one exchange, for example, uh, you know, they have a crazy flash crash. I think Kraken had that with like ETH or something like that. Uh, you know, right. in, in that kind of situation, then you have multiple Oracles or multiple exchanges providing their, their, uh, their data, their price feed. Um, so that we kind of eliminate those kind of outlier situations um, and, and make sure that, you know, you're actually getting an accurate price. Um, or even a better example would be like the contested election, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where like some oracles would have reported one winner versus another. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Huh. I, I was just going to uh, interject here. The price has pumped, then dumped, and then stabilized at the price from the beginning of the show. <laughs> so, As so is tradition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into our final reason for being bullish. Guys in the chat, thank you so much for uh, continuing to uh, put them through there. If, keep keep doing it. I'm going to bring up more whenever they come up. Uh, we've got 160 people in here. Smash that like button. Give it a share. And we're going to stick with Tony and uh, let you round it out with your reason for being bullish this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so this week... Uh, I guess it's not this week, but like, you know, uh, a week ago or something like that, where basically um, I was I was chatting with some some no pointer friends. And basically I was thinking that like after that chat, I thought a lot about, OK, like, wow, it's, it's actually quite so interesting that the uh, macro environment has made it a situation where no pointers are actually able to understand things and, and latch on to why like Bitcoin is such a powerful thing, like. In, in like in just one like face-to-face -face conversation like basically you know some of the things i brought up during the conversation was like okay well you look at so i live in toronto right and toronto and vancouver are kind of famous in north america for being one of the craziest like housing markets right um and like i was like we were we, we started a conversation like okay well did you see that sh like like that like shack looking house that like <laughs> yeah 1.5 yeah. million dollars like something crazy and like and like, you know, and then that, that really got me going like, you know, the reason for that really is that like, um, you know, and, and, and that's happening obviously at the end of this year where obviously we had millions of small business shut down. We had, you know, still a ton of people out of a job here in Canada. Um, and, and, you know, really it's, it's, it's because people are just desperately looking for an inflation hedge. And for the average Joe person, like 
the real estate market is really, really that thing. Um, and, and, you know, like talking about that, talking about kind of, uh, you know, obviously in a year, in a year where there's been, you know, a lot of economic devastation in, in for, for most uh, companies in the, in the economy, you know, this idea of some of the richest people getting a lot richer because they hold, uh, they, they don't, they don't save in dollars, right? They, their most of their wealth is just in, uh, these stocks and and, and these uh, non-cash assets and and because of all the min money printing that's been going on, the fact that they've been uh, the fact that you know these guys are getting richer in, in this kind of year, it's just a testament to you know the 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 real impact of of the money printing that's been going on. And it was so cool for me to see shit like see the see the light in their eyes and see that they actually started getting some of this stuff. Right? It, it was actually you know it's just like. My, some of these like trying to trying to trying to onboard no coiners like you know a couple of years ago compared to now, um, yeah. it's such a change because they can actually see yeah it doesn't make sense that this all this stuff all these asset prices are increasing all that kind of stuff in in, in this kind of year and you know there's just really one simple explanation for it which is all that money printing that's been going on um, and uh, and you know when you bring up Bitcoin you know that that transition to really understanding. The value proposition—it's so much clearer, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that's just—it's just amazing to, for me to see that, and and one of the reasons why I'm extremely bullish, like this time around um, on Bitcoin, right? Um, compared to compared to other times, I guess. But I mean, I'm yeah. always, always bullish, but just so the macro environment just lines up so much to, for the average person to be able to get it—that's powerful because we don't like we. We just we, we don't even have to do all the education ourselves. Like basically, the government's helping us, <laughs> right? Like yeah. basically, so. That's, that's it's, really a, <laughs> it's amazing this year like there's never been an easier time for bitcoiners to explain why yeah. bitcoin you there's so many things to point to you just yeah. look around look at this is why bitcoin it's like even the the narrative of there's no inflation or the inflation <laughs> isn't coming like stats can did a, a report like in the past few months saying, oh, the past couple of years, inflation's only been half a percent, which is so, <laughs> so ridiculous. And meanwhile, I'm I'm my friend is doing my basement right now. And uh, and the price of lumber is quintupled. It's fucking insane. It's like it's everything like uh, I had. Uh, if you guys follow on Twitter, uh, Fartface 2000, he oh did the, he did the bit piggies. He's the, he's the best. Um, so he he i don't know what he does but he had a thread from back from december of all his suppliers he must do something in construction but mm -hmm. all his suppliers all of the individual emails from suppliers of of uh supplies basically saying hey like expect the price of this and this and this and there was a list of the percentage increases based on inflation of what they're going to be upping their prices and most of them were double digits 10 to 20% sometimes more so like when people say oh yeah inflation is is like 1. Point something percent or here in Canada oh it's only been half a percent what are you talking about <laughs> don't worry about it it's it's total bullshit total bullshit so like you're right tony like you can point to everything and now it's not a struggle to prove mm -hmm. your point <laughs> i don't know if anybody so wants to 100%. tag on to that it drives me insane though uh i mean i agree with you just because that's you know it's so easy to see with people around me on a day-to-day -day basis uh even my partner she was like you're crazy you're insane like why are you buying bitcoin like it actually almost like came to a point where like 
our relationship was being impacted <laughs> by the level of like Bitcoin I was buying and the amount of mining machines I was buying. Like I was going all in, like it was about to happen. And, you know, it's good to always be reeled back a little bit just in case. But now it's like, you know, I'm buying Bitcoin for her with her money. Like it's like she gets it. And I think there's there's still a lot more knowledge to be to to be, you know, listened to and heard by the no coiners. But at least they get like a piece of it now. And that makes such a big difference on talking to people and trying to explain why Bitcoin is so important. But yeah, inflation, dude, it's like it's out of control. Absolutely out yeah. of control. And we haven't even started spending money yet. Like the velocity of money is like, yeah. it's like bottomed out. It's like almost zero. And well, yeah, and there's, there's all, the, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Now, there's all this money <laughs> in the market. Like when we printed like 26% of the M2 money supply in the last 12 months, we've printed almost 50 to 60% of the M2 money supply in the last 10 years. What's to say they're not going to double and triple it again, right? I mean, obviously they're going to keep, keep printing money, but what happens when they start spending money? When they start spending money, you're going to just see inflation absolutely go through the roof. So it's going to be, it's going to be real fun to watch Bitcoin just absolutely tear people's faces off. Yeah, here here in Canada, they were saying how how everybody is, all these economists are so worried about how Canadians have been getting, and and it's different from in the states. Like the states, you guys got like a pittance, and <laughs> and, and here in Canada, they're like two grand a month. Does that sound good for everybody? All they right, sent cool. us like a hundred thousand satoshis and then called it a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been they've been divvying it up, and it's funny because. Um, there was like no checks on on like whether you actually qualified for the money. So a bunch of people were like that clearly did not qualify whatsoever. Were like, hey, can I have this money? And they just got sent right away. And then they obviously spent it. And then right off the bat, like and they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to pay that back. And then they w walked that back. They're like, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to be able to do about that. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, OK, so. Yeah. So anyways, there's been just a nonstop burr in Canada and uh, and people have been actually saving it and or investing it. Uh, and there was a there was a, a report the other day where like 40, I think it was like 40 to 50 percent of people that um, in, even in the States getting their stimulus checks were planning on investing all or at least a portion of their stimulus checks. So it's like additional money that they're like, well, I may not need this just to eat. I'm going to go dump it on Robin Hood and, and buy yeah, they were like, stop. They were direct depositing it into Robin Hood and then <laughs> fucking dumping it into like the worst fucking meme stonks ever. <laughs> there was it's one so... benefit of being in the United States, which is the business loans they gave out, though, to small business loans. I don't know if any of you guys took part in those. But, but that was fucked up because anyone who wasn't savvy couldn't take advantage of it. And anyone who was savvy took a huge advantage of it. We actually it was, like, it was designed. It was designed in the most predatory fucking way ever. The crazy yeah. part was they said, you're going to have to pay this money back. And then everybody it was the same, same thing with Canada. And then everybody went out and got a loan and we basically stood back because we we're like, well, we don't need the loan yet because it was very early on in all of this mess, right? We didn't know we were going to be a year in. And we looked at the loans. We're like, well, we're not going to take the first round maxed out. But some people took like maxed out loans. Like we had friends. Yeah, we took a maxed out loan. 200K. And they were like thinking they had to pay it back. And then one day the government's like, nah, you can just keep that. Our That's accountant cool. our accountant was like, take the loan. We gave our secretary a uh, raise. Like in the, well. middle, in the middle of this whole thing. You had, like, take on, loan, you had to use it on salary rating. and stuff like that too anyways, right? Yeah. It had to be applied to salaries and, and the jobs had to stay. 
Um, so yeah. so we just we just took it and gave and gave her a raise, just because like who who who's gonna sit there and just like not take the free money? If you're gonna let all the Wall Street guys take it, you gotta take it. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a really great point. I and that's some some friends have been saying that to me. They're like, man, if the government is offering to give you free money. Like, don't be like. It's not uh, free. They're taking it from all of us. So if well, they're know, offering but, it, yeah. you have to take it. Like if that's you don't I mean, take it, the then you're just taking. getting charged for no reason. Yeah, yeah, you're part of the tax bill, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's literally like it. Again, it doesn't matter the number of dollars, and this is what a lot of normies don't get. It doesn't matter the number of dollars you have. It's the percentage of total dollars that you have. And when they do things like all of the stimulus and it, well, 350 billion of the almost 2 trillion was stimulus checks to individuals and the rest went other places <laughs> and so wherever that went if it's concentrated in like a, a few places then those people are the ones that actually really won out of that equation like you you may be up better than people that got no stimulus money but still you're gonna be net yeah. negative over the long haul because your purchasing power in the economy has gone to you're, shit you're treading water you're treading water. Yeah. It's it's the, the the beauty of the scam. The beauty of the scams. They tax you with the inflation, and then the inflation causes gains, which then they tax. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Like if they can make stonks pump forever, then you're going to pay capital gains tax forever. Yeah, that's it's crazy. This is this is why it's it's scary to, you know, this is this is why it's difficult for me to to partly live on Bitcoin because, you know, those those capital gains. But at, I guess in the end. I'm st if I'm paying the capital gains, I'm still a, a, it's because I've gained instead of just infinitely lost on my dollars. So I don't know. It's so that's it's, the point. Like we're going to hit a point where you're not even gaining. Like right now we're in the adoption cycle of Bitcoin. But yeah. when it starts just matching inflation, uh, like when we plateau out and it's just we go up, you know, because our purchasing power is, is basically increasing at a steady rate. Um, yeah. while the, while the thing is measured in the dollar or the Canadian dollar or whatever is going down in value at that point, it's just matching inflation. Um, yeah. and, and it's, uh, yeah. that, that's just bullshit, right? At, at, at that point, it's just, they're, they're just creating arbitrary rules to take your money. Yeah. I like, is there still a dollar when, when Bitcoin gets to the point where it plateaus and it's only like an average of a couple percent deflation per year? Like, I don't know that a dollar exists in that world at that point. I don't think so. I think that's still probably what, like, it's got to be at least 10 years out, 20 years out at best. <laughs> Matt just smiles. I, love I just love that. I love that like 10 years is like the conservative guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's my bullish case for the ball dollar being destroyed. <laughs> Ten years. Hey, man, we're 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 doing crazy shit these days. You, you never know what could happen out there. So I'm just glad that we have Bitcoin and that we can even opt out of all of this garbage. Yeah, it's that's that's all it is, man. That's all it is, uh, guys. I'm gonna round it out here. I'm gonna go around uh, to each person quick for uh, final thoughts. And then we will wrap it up um, again. Everybody in the chat. Awesome. Thank you. Give this a, a, a like, a subscribe, a share, whatever you can do. Uh, but let's get some final thoughts. Uh, Odell, what do you got for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, we got uh, I got Citadel Dispatch coming on Tuesday. We're going to be doing a um, a Bitcoin gaming focused show. 
uh, Lightning Gaming. We got we got uh, one of my boys from Zebedee is going to be there, and then um, the the lead dev from Bitcoin Bounty Hunt. So I'm super excited about it. It's going to be very good. Uh, so you know, search Citadel Dispatch on whatever platform that you enjoy, and it'll be there. Um, and then second. Uh, I've been consulting with Bitcoin Magazine and Bitcoin 2021 is going to be fucking insane in June, June 3rd through 5th. Um, we're going to have Bitcoin gaming tournament there while we're there. It's going to be fucking crazy. Uh, today we announced Warren Davidson, a sitting congressman in the U.S. Congress, is going to be a speaker there. That's on top of uh, Mayor Francis Suarez of Miami, who's going to be there, sitting mayor. And our queen, Senator Loomis, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, is going to be there and speaking as well. So, so far, we have three sitting politicians that are going to be there and over I, I, at least four or five billionaires. It's going to be it's just going to be ridiculous. Tony Hawk's going to be there. We're going to have a half pipe. Um, and it, you can use ho- code HUMBLE, all caps, for 15 percent off. And they're, they're going to pull the plug on that at some point soon. So, I mean, either use <laughs> don't it or don't. Those caps. I make, I make no money from that 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 promo code for what it's worth, but um, you should. They use just it. added. They just added Preston Pish, uh, which I'm also very excited about. And he, I think he's the only panelist who currently in their profile there has laser eyes. What's up with that, dude? The speaker list, both the public speaker list and the speaker list that has not been announced yet, is the most bullish fucking thing ever. Like it is I'm fucking bad. ridiculous, and people do not they they do not fully comprehend what what this event is going to be it's it's going to be fucking ridiculous i i can't wait it's going to be insane uh okay we're going to get final thoughts i'm going to go to des next and the reason is uh somebody in the chat also just said uh uh lightning lightning network tutorials anybody um so just as mental uh yeah i do have a few um beginner lightning network tutorials for uh, kind of like the in-betweener wallets where you're, uh, it is like self-custody, but there's like a degree, you kind of don't have to do the heavy lifting on the back end of setting up channels and stuff like that. Um, so I have some tutorials around that for like Breeze Wallet, B-R-E-E-Z, and for Phoenix Wallet. Um, and I'm going to be working on Moon Wallet, I believe, soon. Um, I don't have a ton on on doing like uh, setting up your own channels and stuff like that, other than I did it with my Umbral Node tutorial. I showed you guys how to set up uh, outgoing and incoming uh, channels there. But Des, if you have any suggestions for just is mental and some parting thoughts. Yeah, um, definitely shoot me a DM on Twitter. Um, it's Dickerson underscore Des. Um, another one, if like you're a little bit more advanced, is docs.lightning.engineering, um, which has is great resources. And then we also have a really great um, builder's guide to the LND Galaxy, which I guess is like, the same thing, but we have like a series of blog posts as well. Um, so I can send those out to folks um, if you DM me. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, you know, check out um, everything we're doing at Lightning Labs. Um, you know, we've got a lot of recent really cool releases with Pool and um, sidecar channels. Um, we recently released in our product update. I don't know if it was this week or last week. Um, we have a great um, blog post covering that. Um, and then also check out McGox and everything that's like kind of going on in the Bitcoin gaming space. Our next event is March 28th um, at 2 p.m. Eastern. And we will be giving the, the prize pool is 10 million sats. So there's like a decent amount folks can win. And then, yeah, I mean, stay, stay tuned for, um, you know, announcements around 
um, an in-person event um, because we're doing super, super big things and, you know, super pumped, um, you know, being in contact with Matt about that. Um, so big announcements coming up there. But yeah, I'm, I'm super bullish. Um, and this has been great to, to be on this podcast with all these folks. It's been awesome. I'm honored. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Uh, let's jump to Tony. Tony, any final thoughts? Let people know where they can find you. All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for the invite. It's been amazing chatting with all you amazing people. Um, yeah. So for, for us, uh, uh, if you want to check out uh, Atomic.Finance, uh, our link is Atomic.Finance. Um, uh, and you, if you want to explore kind of like how you, you might be able to make uh, yield on your Bitcoin and uh, without giving up custody, still maintaining your privacy, still maintaining your self-sovereignty. Um, that's what we're uh, wanting to do. Um, so we'd love to uh, see y'all uh, who are interested in that signing up uh, for a beta. We're going to start rolling some invites out uh, next month. Um, Dennis will be part of that contingent. Um, and uh, and uh, yes, um, uh, if you want to check out more stuff about uh, DLCs as well um, that we, we discussed, um, uh, the, uh, Shirt, the uh, Shirt Bits, which is an awesome company that we're, we're partnered with, and there's a bunch of brilliant guys that are really spearheading the development on, on DLCs. Um, you can uh, Google them and, and their blog. They have uh, tons of amazing content about that. Um, and uh, yeah, super excited for for Miami. Hopefully, uh, we can we can make it down there. I'm still debating with Matt, uh, my co-founder, whether or not we're going to head down there. Make uh, it happen, dude. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> sessions i think we're going to need to organize a canadian contingent I i'm super curious to get your thoughts offline like how how you're finding to handle the quarantine stuff but like man it's, yeah. uh, it's just I'm, I'm gonna take that hit man <laughs> like even if they still have these yeah. terrible quarantine like right now if you fly back to canada from traveling there's like you get tested if you end up positive then you have to like sit in a hotel room on your own expense of like a couple thousand dollars yeah. for like <laughs> however long if if that happens, if that's still in place, I will take that hit. I am not missing this fucking. Conference. But the trick is, the trick is, you just make a longer Miami vacation, and <laughs> you just come down for for a while. There's going to be a bunch of us Bitcoiners that are going to be there for a long period of time because honestly, you know, it's probably one of the best places to be right now to begin with, and the mm -hmm, Airbnbs yeah. aren't that expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, so you go down there, have a good time with it. Um, and then get yourself tested in Miami. So if you're positive, then stay in Miami, quarantine down there, then go back up. Smart again. idea. That's Smart. the play. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. I bought my bought my ticket today, so <laughs> we're gonna be there. Got to show up. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know I know Matt's listening to this right now. So uh, Matt, there there it is. We should go. Let's make it happen, Matt. <laughs> you gotta get go. together. All right. <laughs> let's let's toss it to Dennis. Final thoughts. Last person. Uh, let people know where they can find you and, and any other thoughts you have. Yeah, thanks, Ben, for having me on here. Uh, Matt, Desiree, and and Tony, been great to speak with you. Nice to to meet all of you for the first time. Um, uh, I have to say, Tony, obviously the smarter co-founder over at Atomic Finance. Hey, man, I want to be first in line for this app. I got to be the first beta tester. Uh, but more about what I'm doing, I, obviously, I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, I do shows almost daily. Uh, I'm basically just fully addicted the way that some people originally got addicted to Twitter. Uh, I do a lot of cafe Bitcoin stuff, but I also have my own called club called Bitcoin Plus. 
Um, I do have a really, really good show coming up where we're going to do an absolute just thrashing of Ethereum. I mentioned it earlier, hoping to get us some amazing heavy hitters on there. We've already got big players like Brad Mills, JC Crown, talking to Dan Held. We're about to send a letter over to Lynn Alden to see if she wants to join in. Would love to have Marty and love to have Matt there as well, just so we can round out the crew. Um, VJ, if you're listening also, please come on. We'd love to have <laughs> any of you on who have, could just, just rip this thing wide open. Uh, uh, but aside from that, uh, you know, uh, that's going to be thorough, but that's gonna be Thursday on the 25th. But aside from that, just, you find me on Twitter on Twitter. It's the only time it's different. It's the machine built everywhere else. It's machine built as my username, but it's been an honor to be on with all of you and a pleasure to finally meet one of my favorite podcasters, Matt Odell. Awesome. Cheers to that. Thank you, Dennis. That's awesome. I'm just putting a camera in my, or my a battery in my camera because <laughs> when I do long shows and I don't have a power supply, shit goes wrong. And you have a battery-powered webcam. Well, how does I, that work? It's a, it's, an, uh, it's a DSLR camera. It's a Sony, but then I've got some little dongle that plugs in to turn it into a webcam, which is why it looks all fancy when I get. Why do you look so beautiful here. all the time? You're like crystal clear. <laughs> We yeah. upgrade. I can I can zoom. Oh, oh that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Uh, this is always my favorite part of the week. It's just like such a good roundup to the end of the week to just shoot the shit with a bunch of awesome Bitcoiners. So um, really appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody watching links for all of these guys. Twitter handles are in uh, the show notes. So be sure to, if you're not following them, what the hell are you doing? Uh, so please go do that. Guys, I'm going to cut your audio and video right now. Do my little outro. If you want to stick around and say a quick goodbye afterwards, that's all good. Uh, Will do. Good. Thank you, guys. Um, everybody watching, again, thank you so much. If you're here on YouTube, please do smash that like button. Give this a share. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. All of that super important. It helps get this content in front of more people. Uh, if you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors down below in the show notes. Uh, that was Leaden, Kobo, BitRefill, and Privacy Pros for the Bill Foddle. All of them are there. And if you really really loved what you saw, especially since we had Des on here, uh, you can always drop me a Lightning Network tip at my tippin.me page. That is T-I-P-P-I-N.me slash at BTC sessions. With that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, wherever you may be. And I'll see you guys next time for your daily session. Bitcoin.